Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host Bobby Howard. With me, we got Jameson Maxwell, uh, and later on, we're going to bring on our good friend uh, Boaten Blake to preview TCU. But as you might know, there has been a lot of news going on this week. Been a crazy week so far, and uh, the Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams story just keeps heating up more and more. Uh, a lot of rumors yesterday about whether or not he uh, would. If he, if he transferred, whether or not he would practice. He uh, skipped practice on Monday, apparently, or was uh, released from practice on Monday. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jameson, things are ramping up. The OU Daily story. we got to cover this before we dive into TCU. So, Jameson, what's going on? Yeah, there's a lot to dive into. I was saying don't be surprised if Spencer Rattler is the quarterback on Saturday. I'm going to take a step back from that, right, Um, in in honor of TCU. Um, Obviously, it looks like Caleb Williams is going to be our starting quarterback from what – you're not going to give your starting quarterback off on Monday, no matter what scenario. I know that he needed that day off, and Spencer's dad said it was he wasn't feeling he was feeling ill. That's not what it was. He just needed to take a, you know legitimately take his step back and um, kind of gather himself. Uh, there were some rumors that he cleaned out his locker. Um, these you know these are all hearsay. There's still not a lot from that, but he was practicing and he got half the snaps first team that um, Caleb did, and he was throwing to the backup. So I think that's pretty telling. And now media is canceled for the rest of the week, so we won't learn anything more unless we get our boy senior correspondent Ty back up on the um, top looking through the windows through the practice facility. Yeah, we at OU Daily, uh, if you haven't heard yet, uh, got is the reason behind this. They had some student reporters who you know were watching practice from a different building but of course, our intrepid reporter Ty Lee was also there on the scene. Uh, we just didn't want to talk about it because I don't know. We're not really journalists. We don't, we don't break news here. You go to the Schooner Pod article, breaking news. No, we don't. We just we just like to comment on stupid stuff. Um, but yeah, it's really and who really believe us even if we did say it? <laughs> honestly, right? Like, go look at our reviews on 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 Apple iTunes. Go go look at us. We've been here oh, for man. a while. No, but oh, seriously. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, uh, you know. This is good. This is good. I we I was a little bit worried from Lincoln's press conference um, the other day because he was kind of fumbling around. He was really defending Spencer Rattler to the core. And you can take a couple little Easter eggs from that press conference. Um, first of all, he said the biggest thing um, that is uh, if I was talking, he was talking all in hypotheticals, but if he would have just said Spencer Rattler's name, it would have made sense. Like if I am um, – if I have a transfer quarterback or if I'm looking to get a transfer quarterback and they quit on their team midseason, I wouldn't want to go after them unless there are some really like pressing circumstances. I know a lot of coaches around the league would also think the same way, which was a direct jab at Spencer. Of, Don't quit on this team. You know, we need him as a backup really bad because we joke about Ralph Rucker, Bobby. But is Ralph Rucker the guy you want if Caleb Williams goes down? No, not at all. He's a, And look. I know people are like, oh, well, Baker was a walk-on, but let's be honest. Baker was a one-in-a-million already proven commodity at Texas Tech. You don't want my guy – I love Ralph. I would not – I would be scared to see him out there. Um, and that's the case with – that's the case with – that's the case with most, like, true backups. Uh, do you remember Joey Halsley having to step yeah. in for Sam Bradford at, at Texas Tech yeah. in 2007? Yeah. The, they usually don't work out well. So 
having a guy like Caleb Williams where you can legitimately bring him off the bench and have him perform, that's a rarity. So let's not act, you know, him or Micah Bowens are nowhere near the quality uh, of a Caleb Williams, of a Spencer Rattler. So having both, at least through the remainder of the season, uh, sort of a Trevor Knight, Baker Mayfield situation, if you may, uh, I mean, that's huge. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. Lincoln was probably, I'm with you. I think Lincoln was kind of subtweeting there. Oh, he was. And the other thing he was talking about is the absolute savage question from one of the students. I mean, I'm sure that the coaching staff is so fed up with the student base right now at OU. Um, this girl asked a question pretty much implying like Spencer Rattler isn't liked around campus. So what actually makes him likable that you're saying that you can see behind the scenes, which was just like just out of left field. She goes, I might be reaching here, I think is how she started it, which was just so crazy. I mean, if you, like, if you start you a sentence with that? I might be reaching, you, you, you're reaching. So I, I don't know what what the hell she was talking about I mean, there. She but could have been, know, She could have been right. You know, a lot of people think that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've heard. But, you know, again. I don't really know the guy. I can't say anything. People people say a lot of stuff. But yeah. um yeah, no, it's it's been interesting though. This is it's been a wild saga and, you know, the amount of drama around a 6 and 0 undefeated OU, you know, football team that just beat Texas is it's crazy. Um but you know, that, that's just kind of the name of the game and and, and let's be honest, Jameson, from the summer on have you seen a crazier OU football season with just more drama from the start with the SEC move to Spencer Radler's struggles to Caleb Williams coming in? This has just been bonkers. No, this is reality television is what it is. You know, it, we have, we've had a couple injuries, but other than that, like, you know, all the stuff on the field that point was pretty calm. And then this Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler stuff, it just broke everything open. It is absolutely crazy, but hopefully we'll have some solidarity as we see on Saturday. I was worried about a two quarterback system. I'm sure there still is a chance that we could see some Spencer Rattler. We saw that Lincoln Riley has that propensity to do that, bringing him in for the two point conversion because Caleb hasn't taken as many first team reps. There's a lot of plays that they've ran over and over through the spring and into the season that they practice and that Caleb, doesn't know as well and he doesn't know the you know the intricacies of the routes because lincoln riley's playbook is pretty complicated so i would not be surprised to see spencer a little bit here and there but caleb should be the quarterback coming out on the first snap first you see it yeah and um i mean let's be honest a lot of that a lot of the performance against texas might just be catching longhorns off guard you know they were not prepared for a full game or a full half of Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm interested to see how, how these other teams game plan for him. Uh, obviously, Gary Patterson has a uh, at least a reputation for being a great de- uh, defensive coach. Uh, that's kind of been, meh, you know, the, the past couple years. But we'll get into that with Blake in a little bit. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. It's going to be an interesting uh, remainder of the season, no matter what. Um, but... Okay, Jameson, bef- um, but let's get into Bowden Blake. Afterwards, we'll kind of touch a little bit because we have some big Cruton news, but uh, definitely don't want to bury the lead here. This is TCU week, uh, and around here, it's always a bit of a blood week, um, always fun week. A bit of, It's not really a real rivalry, but at least in this friend group, it's pretty fun. So, um, and, and not only that, it's been amplified by the whole SEC move. So let's go ahead, bring on our pal Bowden Blake. Blake? Welcome out of the pod. Uh, it's always good to have you on every, pretty much every year to talk TCU. Uh, but I, I know this year, this year it just means a little more. 
Yeah, it definitely does. Like I, there was two games I had circled on my calendar this year: is the Texas game and the OU game. And sadly, Texas, because of whatever offensive scheme came out of our uh, out of our coach's head, that you only run Zach Evans about twelve times with the ball, we lost that game. But I think we have a shot. I think we have a really legitimate shot, and that's not what I would be saying probably two weeks ago. But after that Texas Tech game last week, I got some confidence back in our system, and I'm like, we can maybe win this. So I'm confident. I'm com- I'm confident. I'm happy. Like I actually feel good that I feel like I can trash talk a little bit this weekend because I don't think Literally- we're going to get stomped. Literally a week ago, you were celebrating the fact that you could, you could just give up on the frogs. And, uh, and here we go. You are right back into it. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, I thought, like, after the Texas loss, it's like, it's over. Our offense is incompetent. We don't run the damn ball. That's all we need to do. That's what we do. The best thing our team could do is just run. Wouldn't do that. And then last week, Gary finally put it through his head, and all he did was run. And we just ran down their throat, so. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and, and let's just get right into it. Uh, have, have a couple questions here. Yep. Um, so, that running game, you know, the, the, what, like you said, uh, kind of re- has revitalized the frogs. It's clearly been the thing they've needed to change. Um, how, how how are you all the way in on TCU now after that absolute romp over uh, Texas Tech? I'm not all the way in, but I feel confident versus a team like OU that has kind of shown like TCU's defense and OU's defense have been reminding me a lot of each other lately. Besides the second half of that Texas game last week. OU's defense was willing to give up the big play. They could get gashed really easily and basically have to rely on their offense to score enough points to keep them in games. And I think OU does a better job defending than TCU, but it gives me confidence versus a team like OU when we both have those same struggles. And I think we match them maybe a little bit less, but match them on the offensive talent side of the ball. So it's like, when you're putting two similar teams together with one having some locker room, not like struggles per se, but a lot of turnover, a lot of media attention surrounding them. I'm like, does that give us the necessary edge that like we can maybe win this one? Like maybe we can like, OU has been, everybody says they've been frauds all year long, that they're not as good as they're just barely skirting out games. Why can't it be us? Why can't we finally turn the tables of OU finally losing a close game for once this year and come out on top and maybe just revitalize our chances to make it to uh, Arlington come uh, come December? So there High you hopes. go. It's, it's been seven long years, Blake, for sure. Jameson? Yeah, let, let, me, uh, let me ask you a question, Blake, because just looking at this game, you know, obviously you said OU's defense is suspect, and you've watched all of our games and watched them closely, obviously. But you've been kind of, uh, you know, clamoring for Zach Evans getting the ball more. But is Zach Evans going to win the football game for TCU, or would it be Max Duggan needing to win the football game for TCU? You kind of have to have both because, like, Max Duggan's going to – or, sorry, Zach Evans is going to do his thing. Like, the man is – he's going to go to the draft next year. Easily – he's gone after after next year. So, Zach Evans is going to be able to rip apart OU's defense, and I think probably how they're going to game plan that is just stack – they are. Like, he's been ripping apart everybody that he's come across. Like, he's really good. He averages, like, six or seven yards after first contact. Like, he can just run over people, but – if OU's smart, they stack the box against them, and that's where it kind of comes into the hands of Duggan, that Duggan has been really bad throwing like deep and intermediate passes this year, and it's something he's always struggled with, and 
we haven't been able to game plan that, but like what I'm just hoping for is we just keep on running Evan so much. OU kind of pulls in. That's when we get those one, two deep shots that we need. Hopefully he kind of opens the door for us. But I expect like Evans is going to have to rush the ball probably 20, 30 times, I think, for us to win this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I fully agree with you. Zach Evans is one of the best players in the Big 12 by far. Uh, this this is a game. This is a game where you have to game plan for Zach Evans in the same way we game planned for Bijan Robinson last week. Uh, you, you got to um, give him the majority of of your attention. I think uh, he, he's an incredible talent. Um, I, I will say I, I think that. OU's defense is pretty well equipped to stop the running game. Uh, while Bijan Rob- Robinson did have these big breakaway plays, which uh, Zach Evans does very well, um, OU kind of stopped him on on almost everything else. So it mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they how they kind of can keep that up. Uh, but you know, Evans definitely going to be a problem for the Sooners. Uh, and I, I gotta ask, uh, so Jameson kind of touched on Duggan. I want to. I want to know what's your level of disappointment in Duggan uh, this season. I I know uh, early on, you know, you thought he'd take a leap. Didn't really take that leap. Um, are are you on a scale of one to ten? Where are you at with Duggan and your level of disappointment? I suppose. Uh, I'd say like on a scale of like one to ten, ten be most disappointed. I put it probably about a six or a seven because it's like I did expect like we see games like last year versus Texas and he has those one or two games a season where he just completely like takes over the game where he'll rush for two hundred yards for a throw for another two fifty, like is a true dual threat kind of prospect but he only has about one or two of those games and it we haven't seen that like i expected that to be the new norm but it just never uh it just like it's never gotten there but like the one thing i will say is like he's limited the turnovers this year he's really smart with the ball so it's not like he's making dumb plays i just don't think like he just kind of is what he is. He's a eh, passer, good runner, good on his feet. But he hasn't. Lo- I wouldn't say hasn't lost us any games this year, which is a good thing. So that lowers my disappointment level. But I had hopes of us really like competing for the Big Twelve title this year, and he just obviously him not taking that next step kind of put a put a damper in that. Yeah, it's it's definitely been hot and cold for him, and he is a type of quarterback that does give OU troubles. You know, he extends the play. We have a lot of problems with um, finishing. I've, I've met, put that in the podcast for the whole time. He will extend the play, but will he make the right play moving out of the pocket? I want to kind of talk to you about your wide receiving core because our cornerbacks, our outside cornerbacks, are by far the weakest point on this team. Um, we had a couple of other problems, and they seem to be shoring up, but that cornerback position is looking a lot worse right now. Um, who's a wide receiver to really look for in this game that could be roasting one of our, you know, Jaden Davis, our weak link on defense? Yeah, so if he plays, he didn't play last week versus Tech, but it's always been Quentin Johnson. Like, Tay Barber, maybe, but Quentin Johnson, he's the man. Like, he is just, he, I think, elevates Duggan so much more because of his just big playability, and he can go up and get the ball, he can play, we play him in the slot, play him in the outside, we can move him wherever, just because he's just kind of a freak athlete like that, so he, like, he's lived up to the hype to me, I feel bad for him, because of kind of Duggan's struggles with the deep ball, he doesn't get the ball as much, and doesn't really get that same hype that maybe some of the other receivers in the Big 12 get, 
But I like I love Quentin Johnson. I think he's gonna be good. I think hopefully, hopefully we just we gotta get the deep ball established, but that's what he's really good at. So. Yeah. And and the deep ball, you know, is a point that we're also weak at. We have Delaren Turner Yell going down with a hamstring injury last week. And whenever you go down for the hamstring for the second time, I can almost guarantee without a doubt ninety nine point nine percent he isn't gonna play in this game because you you came back too quickly from the hamstring injury. Now they're going to give him the full two to three weeks. So our, our safeties are also a little weak too. And Quentin Johnson is a guy that was very highly recruited coming out and was a Texas commit and was a late flip to y'all. So this guy's got talent. Y'all have got some, like, some pretty high-end recruits right now in that offense around Duggan, if y'all can put it together. Yep, and that's kind of been – that's been the thing with us this entire season is it's – the two ships passing in the night that over the past few years we've had these great defenses but no offense that you could possibly score points with so eventually we just break and that is out the window this year gary patterson's defense sucks we've been beating we've been getting beat any which way like we don't it's hard to even come up with a way that we're good at defense because we've been bad about just about everything uh but like with that that sacrifice of the gary patterson defense we finally get like a somewhat competent offense that is like clicking a little bit. And like, really the only thing that hinders it is our play calling and our coaching, which has like always been an issue with us on the offensive side of the ball, but it actually looks more competent than it has in year, like years past. But of course, like those two couldn't align. We couldn't have a good defense and an offense at the same time. We had to have one has to suck so bad that it completely hamstrings our team for most of the year. Folks, another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores one point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is just about a no-brainer. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, that's TPPN, throw $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I feel like I ask you this every so, some odd years, years, and every year before a season, I feel like this is a year TC is going to break through and have one of their, you know, just TCU level years where they're, you know, fringe top 10 uh, competing for a New Year's Six Bowl up to, up until the end. Um, but it just hasn't happened in a while. So I, I want to know, do you, do you think Gary has kind of lost his magic? Do you think he's kind of taken a, no pun intended, yeah, okay, pun intended. Has he taken a step back from that elite tier of uh, head coaching into, you know, just kind of okay? I think he still can be an elite coach, just what he does on like the X's and O's sides of the ball. But I definitely think like we need to start thinking about who we want to move on to next, kind of bring him in our system because like the problem with Gary is he's like, 
he has some Lincoln Riley tendencies, but Lincoln Riley tended like Lincoln Riley has the better like he has the better offensive play calling, which where's the game's going. He's younger. I think he kind of gets some of these NIL things a little bit better, but Gary doesn't understand really NIL very well. He's like Lincoln. He hates the media, doesn't want any practices open to anybody. He like has been driving. Like I read a post this morning uh, on our boards and it was like, perfect. It's like for four straight years, we're either too injured or too young. And I'm like, well, Gary push either has the worst strength and conditioning coaching staff or he pushes them too hard in practice and is like destroying these guys bodies and that's always been an issue so i do think like the problem is we can't move on to anybody right now get somebody that's just as good as gary but he's definitely starting to lose his step when this game is going so offensively minded and he's really like we're recruiting like a power five team on the offensive side of the ball, but defensively we're still not there yet. We're still getting our three-star guys, but I think Gary needs to take that next step and be like, we need some players. Like at the end of the day with these five wide offenses, we're doing five different wide receivers versus an OU at Texas where those are four five-star guys. We can't be throwing out CJ Caesar like out on the side. That's getting blown every single time. Like he's like a two-star basically like they, there's a cap with that. There's a talent cap, and I think we're really seeing it on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, let's let's talk about the defense side of the ball, TC, because last year you had a very good secondary. You know, Tomlinson and Trayvon Merrig, and then um, who's the who's the other guy that got drafted from TCU in, in the secondary? So it was Adarius Washington. Adarius Washington, yeah. And all but two of those guys, NFL guys, and Tomlinson getting looks. But it looks like y'all were getting gashed, especially whenever people watch the SMU game. That was ugly. Um, a little bit better versus Texas Tech, but you know Texas had its times. What would I know? You said earlier that there's really no strong point, but is y'all secondary or pass rush or run defense? What is your strong suit? Uh, I would say. This is so hard. We, we've been beaten. Like, it's not even like Texas and SMU just beat us in every facet of the game. Like, they ran all over us. They threw all over us. Like, our only bright spot has been Hodges Thomason and the fact that he's, like, he has that big playability. And we saw it last week in Tech with, like, a pick six. He's really good and kind of a ball-hawking guy. So he's a good shutdown corner. But, like, you just hope that Caleb Williams kind of tests him. And he can get some big play, but besides that, it's been bad. We've had some key injuries, like Noah Daniels, who is probably, besides Hodges Tomlinson, our top corner back in 2019. And he's only seen the field a little bit versus Texas. And Gary's been weird about whether he plays him or not, coming back from his injury. So it's like, we do nothing right. Like, there is no, like, even though we blew out, uh, texas tech last week we still allowed i forgot how many points 28 30 something points like we're still getting gashed it's just we have to outgash the other team so i it's hard i can't even i can't compliment this gary defense it's that bad like it's really that bad yeah and i gotta ask when when you watch oklahoma and you you, you've seen them a couple times of course uh what are a couple points you see out of the sooners that you think are particularly bad matchups uh, for the Frogs. What are they going to have to kind of shore up in order to make this a competitive, good game and uh, potentially get the uh, that classic, you know, Gary road win uh, in Norman? Yeah, so, like, the big one, I think, I'm, I'm sad that 
Caleb Williams has to switch like right before us because what I think Caleb Williams lacks right now in just like accuracy, he gets the ball down the field, which is something Spencer just like wasn't throwing the top off of people. And it's like that's what I saw like time and time after again versus Cal. Cal, not even a good offensive team at all, total defensive, just was throwing 40-yard bombs, like, and got up on us, like, two or three touchdowns in the first 10 minutes of that game. And, like, they're not even, like, they're not a vertical team like that. They don't do stuff like that, but you could beat us over the top. And so I was hoping for Rattler just because it's, like, it's easy for our guys to contain. Spencer Rattler doesn't like to throw it over the top. Just push him, like, push him in, and then, like, hopefully he makes a mistake deep down the field. But, like, I think Caleb Williams will definitely, definitely, definitely – like go after that weakness of just being able to just throw deep bombs on us. But like the other thing is like that Gary needs to do is just create some sort. We've got no QB pressure this, uh, this year, but find a way to blitz or do some schematically that just confuses the crap out of Caleb Williams. Because although I think he's the better quarterback, we're getting a guy in his first career start. And so he doesn't have that same emotion coming off the Texas, like, fighting back like i i like that so i want i want gary to throw out some weird schemes blitz him a lot put him on his uh put him on his feet because i did notice like he does throw very well like he's young he's a gunslinger he'll throw it into probably some dumb like he'll have those dumb passes we just got to create the pressure in order for that to happen gotcha yeah um it it seems like that you know your biggest strength is your coverage but over the top, you know, is your biggest weakness as well. So um, the defense, there's not a lot there's, right to say. Yeah, no, there is nothing. Like, there's nothing. Like, this defense has been absolutely horrible. Like, it's been horrible. Like, that's the best way to describe it. We can't stop a nosebleed. And it's just like, there's no way. Like, we can't even figure out with, like, teams like Cal, teams like SMU that really are single-faceted teams. Like, oh, SMU much more pass, but we let Ulysses Bentley come out, run, run all over us. Then we, when we decide to step up and stop the run, they just throw it over the top. So it's just not been in sync all year long. And it's like, there's no good things because it's like, we get no pressure. We don't defend the, besides one guy on there, that's going to go into the NFL. We can't defend the pass. Like our linebacking core, we usually have one, two-star converted quarterback that's our middle linebacker that's just tearing it up and just getting stops in the backfield. We don't have that anymore. So it's just like no no pressure plus no no pass defense. It's like what do we do? So that's why we just got to like outshoot teams basically. Well, and we've seen TCU with a, uh, a vulnerability in the running game. Like you said, Ulysses Bentley had a field day. Bijan Robinson did very well. Uh, and now you have Kennedy Brooks, who is starting to come into his own as a very, very good running threat. Um, so, you know, that that I, I honestly think uh, Brooks in that running game, that'll be very important for OU to kind of steady things out for, for Caleb, you know, help him out a little bit, lean on that, uh, and let the rest come to you. Um, so I, I think Kennedy Brooks here is ripe for uh, yet another big game. I I love watching Kennedy Brooks because it's it's the weirdest phenomenon. Every time I see him, he looks like he's running so slow. But I know he's out running people, but he just looks slow. But obviously, really quick. That's how y'all won the game. Is he just literally just out sprinted everybody? But like 
I I really like Kenny Brooks, and I think he's really – and I'm glad OU kind of – like I felt like coming into the year, y'all were really worried about running back depth and where that room was. So he's obviously come out as an easy RB1 for y'all and one basically helped win – was just as a essential of a factor of as Caleb Williams with him. So he, he was awesome last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. sounds a lot like to me just talking to you so far that this is another thing that we, a lot of people have been coming after Oklahoma's Achilles heel of controlling the pace of the game. And if you can take over this pace and you can therefore win it, um, if you hammer Zach Evans a lot and you get slow drives down the field because Max Duggan can't throw the ball down the field and you take possessions away from us to make sure your guys' defense isn't on the uh, on the field, maybe you can win a close game at the end. So really, I'm I'm getting what I'm getting from this is our key is really in our defense. You know, our offense is going to be babied because if Caleb Williams is our starting quarterback, we know Lincoln's not going to pull out all the stops because he hasn't gotten a lot of first team reps. So I think we're expecting like all of this craziness from Caleb Williams, like we saw in the second half, but they Texas did not scheme for him. So there's a lot to change here. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to the OU's defense versus TCU's offense. Am I correct here? Yep. I would say, I would say that's really where it's going to rely on because like I always, I see this as like very similar offenses. So I think if, if the defenses don't hold, it's just going to be a shootout. So it's like, we're probably not going to be able to stop anything. And I actually trust OU's ability a little bit more, just a tad, tad bit more to stop TCU. But I'm like, for an 11-point spread, like, my God, like, this could easily be whoever has the ball last, and that's the winner of the game. So I think this one's a lot closer than the spread seeming. Like, I'm going to sprinkle money line, of course, like, just so I don't want to be trying to cover no spreads. I want to win the game. And so it's going to be, but TCU has to learn, like we've seen it in years past. Like the key here is to, to go slow, but of course TCU will probably come out the first drive and try to run like a super hurry up and do all this. Like that's not how we're going to win this game. They just can't, there's always one coaching key that they're missing that they just don't do. And like, that's why we lose dumb games that we do. Uh, Quick thoughts on the offensive line play before we kind of start wrapping this up. Um, that I feel like is going to be crucial. And that's, I feel like what has separated teams like West Virginia and, uh, Kansas state, as opposed to Texas is their lines played very, very well. Um, and OU was able to get back into the game because, uh, the likes of Perry on Winfrey and Nick Benito, uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas were able to get a lot of pressure on, uh, Casey Thompson in that second half, um, and get Texas off the field quick. Um, so, do you think that offensive line is kind of on par with those sort of uh, other teams? Do you think they're they're pretty good at? Do you, do you think they are good enough to control the pace? Yeah, I think definitely a lot better. Like the last two years, our big problem was offensive line play that we had basically nobody there, and then when we had nobody there, those guys got injured, and we had to play even worse people. And so, uh, like that's why I always uh, like was like Duggan will take the next step once we have an offensive line because the man's always running for his life. He has no time, but this year, like offensive line, we've had great pass block, obviously good run blocking. Like we've been able to really dominate up front for Zach Evans. And like, it obviously helps that he can just plow guys himself, but our offensive line is not where our struggle is this year, which is wild because that's where it's been the past few years. But we got a lot of transfers in that area. Guys have developed. We haven't had, We've had bad injury luck on defense, not necessarily on the offensive line. So it's like, I wouldn't put us in 
top tier, like maybe like West Virginia or something, but it's not like in years past where Duggan had like two seconds to throw and OU was just like swallowing him and couldn't even yeah. couldn't even develop the play. Last year's game, y'all's offensive line was absolutely putrid versus us. We absolutely worked it. Um, but if I recall, over the offseason, y'all got that was it easy from Memphis. Yeah, he playing yep. well, and then I think y'all got a couple, maybe one more transfer. I think we got one more transfer, but yeah, Easy's been awesome. I think he's playing left tackle for us this year. Like it's been night, it's been night and day better. That's why I'm like I am disappointed in Duggan because he does have time now to make passes, and like we do have a competent offensive line that's not putting the pressure on him all the time. So, all right, Blake. Before we let you go, TCU three and two. Uh, still have a lot of ball ahead of them, a lot of tough road matches. Uh, they have to go to Oklahoma State, go to Iowa State as well. Um, I got to ask, what is the ceiling for the Frogs, uh, the, your optimistic ceiling for TCU here? And uh, what do you think? where do you think they're going to end up uh, by the time the season's over? Cheese it, Bolt. Uh, or, like, I would love, like, <laughs> I would love to make it to Arlington, like, slip in the back door somehow. I don't think, like, if I'm being realistic, that's probably not going to happen. But I could see our ceiling being, like, 9-3, and three, maybe losing, like, losing against OU, OSU, or Iowa State and beating two of those three. Because, like, I see – the good thing is, like, I see flaws in all those teams. Like, OSU has no offense. Iowa State is just weirdly not what they were last year, even though they returned everybody. I don't know what their flaw is. It's just, like, they're not as good. And then OU obviously being maybe a little defensive, plus we get the benefit of Caleb Williams' possible first start and some of the tumultuous nature around that. So I would say like a good like a good ceiling is like nine and three. I would say probably low is still seven and five. That would be not like covering our uh, win total this year, but that it it would be a disappointing seven and five because we've definitely taken strides on the offensive side of the ball. And it would basically, we'd be ending up just how we have the last two, three seasons and found a more creative way to get there. <laughs> yeah. There's still a lot of room for progress for sure. For sure. Um, and for real last question, I got to ask better cheese at bowl location, uh, the original location in Phoenix or uh, Orlando. Uh, it, I feel like TC is just destined to return Uh and in Orlando Cheese It Bowl, that ain't bad. That's like the, I believe, the third best bowl game you can get. So at TCU, that's kind of where I see them, you know, really turning on the Jets and getting there. If they improve, if they show what they did against Texas Tech, I could see it. But um, I got to ask, would you rather do Orlando Cheese Its or, uh, or Phoenix Cheese Its? Since we, we've already conquered, we've already made Phoenix Cheese Its the best one of the best bowl games of all time let's do it again at a different one let's take orlando have the cheese it gauntlet that we're just we're putting up the best matchups and i just love like a florida man aspect about the orlando cheese it bowl we could get some good crowd shots get a little weirder there than maybe someplace that's a little more buttoned up like phoenix but it wouldn't be like if we got to the end of the season and like we're seven five eight and four and we got to the cheese it bowl like i wouldn't be sad necessarily I just hope it would be against. I hope it'd be against like a crazy weird team again, like Cal. Like that's. I just hope. I pray. For sure. Yeah, yeah I, that game was so much fun. Like, if we're gonna be bad, I want to be that. I want to be that my, bad. It was one of my favorite games I've ever watched. By yeah, far. I mean, it was. 
it was glorious. And, you know, hopefully you just throw throw TCU back in, in the Cheez-It Bowl and, and magic will unfold. So I, I, I would love to see it. Well, Blake, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Uh, we'll make sure to catch you for the weekend spread as well. And uh, I hope you wake up on Saturday feeling the cheesiest, man. Thanks, man. I'm ready for Saturday. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, and just, just can't wait for that game. So catch you soon. Oh, no, I cut him off. <laughs> sorry about that. Okay, sorry about that, Blake. Uh, thanks, as always, to Boat and Blake for his contributions as well. Jameson, we are just about wrapped with this. However, we would be completely remiss if we didn't take a trip to the Cruden Corner, one of the biggest ones we've had in a while. Hit the video! David, yes. what is this, David? This is a Cruden Corner with Jamison. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. Seems like every little thing is going Oklahoma's way. So let's talk some Cruton and Gabriel Brownlow Dindy. Which 247, just their regular ranking, had him as the number three overall player in the nation. Um, and the, therefore, the best defense, one of the best defensive linemen in the country, ten, number 10 in the composite, commit to Oklahoma in a battle between him and me, us and Texas AM. His dad had just taken a job in College Station, but his parents were both OU legacies. So there is a little bit of, you know, uneasiness. And he said he didn't even make his decision until a couple of days ago. Um, so that is a huge, 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 huge get for us because of him and how good he is. His pro comparison on 247 was Ed Oliver. So that's the kind of style that you're getting. Um, and this is not just so big for him. Let's talk about what's moving forward with this. He is, you know, developed some relationship with the recruits that he's taken visits with on his own time. Um, and a guy who's committing here pretty soon and um, on the 18th, so in five days, is Gentry Williams, the athlete defensive back out of Booker T. Washington. And things are looking pretty, pretty good for us there, too. So look for another Oklahoma big-time four- or five-star commit from Gentry Williams. And then the last name after that, when we get those two guys in the boat, big still big if, but looking pretty good, is Chris McClellan out of Owasso, Texas, a guy that has just flown up the um, recruiting boards. We're in a battle between us and Florida, and we're looking a lot better there. And he has a very close relationship with Gentry, two Tulsa guys, um, and we may be leading for him too. Um, and then last, the last guy to keep an eye on in this defensive side of the ball is Marvin Jones Jr., not the one that's playing wide receiver in the NFL, but all, but he's playing in Florida, and he's a really good edge rusher, very high-end four-star that's also highly considering us too. Um, we're starting to pick up some big-time momentum on the defensive side of the ball on this recruiting cycle, and it does not hurt at all that a lot of the college football, you know, you know, is going in turmoil around us and we're at least still undefeated. It's a good sign. It's a good sign for sure. And, you know, I've always talked about, we've, we've always talked about how much stars matter. And I, I think there is no position where that like really, where it really matters absolutely more than any other one than the defensive line. Um, because if you get like a, a Dindy type of guy where they're like, they're big, they're fast. There are like very few human beings that can do that. Exactly. Just phys- physically, just gifted. Um, so that's a huge win. Uh, first defensive line commit since I believe 2006 with Gerald McCoy. So, I, I mean, this is just, it's just massive. Um, 
and something to something to be legitimately excited about uh, and definitely hoping that sticks for sure. Uh, you never know with the bag men these days, but especially he seems Texas like A&M really- ones. He seems like a like he's the son of a preacher, and he is a really stand up guy. And he just seems like he has loyal characteristics. No, we never know with seventeen to eighteen year olds, but he just doesn't give me vibes as a guy that would commit and then you know go back on a commitment. I understand we've been burned so many times, and you know good people make change their minds, obviously. But I just feel like he wouldn't be making this decision and locking himself in now. Um, he could have gave himself a couple more months to do this. Um, but I feel pretty good about this and it seems like he fi- he's found a home in Norman. Well, I, that is very good to hear. Very exciting news for sure. All right, Jameson, that's about all we have. Uh, but Hey, if you want to hear more of us, uh, and you haven't checked in on our previous episodes, we got two already up this week, uh, our full OU Texas recap, as well as uh, sort of a mid-season review that uh, just released yesterday. So we got plenty of content for you right there. And hell, we're not even done yet. We still have the weekend spread coming out uh, on Friday. So make sure to stay tuned there. But if you want to watch it live, hey, we release these live on Twitter, on Facebook, and our YouTube channel every single week so make sure to stay tuned to uh stay tuned to that subscribe there follow us wherever you want uh to interact with us ask us questions we we, we love that sort of stuff for sure um hey if you liked it make sure to leave a review five stars we're five star men uh got, bringing that good old gym back uh and yeah we'll, we'll appreciate it if you if you write something nice something good we might might read it out on air so anyways well that's all we got Uh, We will see you next time with the weekend spread. Have a good weekend and Boomer Sooner.